Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Episode 210, Luke Cage, Season 1, Episodes 11 through 13, Now You're Mine, Soliloquy of Chaos, and You Know My Steez. All right. Thank you, Ben, for introducing the show. My name is Stuart, Agent Stu, from the U-P-E-H, and sitting... A ways away, but still next to me in the virtual space. I'm I'm just stealing your jokes, Ben. I'm sorry. This Samantha's here, and so is my friend Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hi there. Uh, so we are going to be talking about Luke Cage episodes 11, 12, and 13. Um, now you're mine. Soliloquy of chaos. You know musties. I don't know what that last one means. I will quietly research it. Okay. And Casey? I was hoping one of you would know what that meant. <laughs> I do know that they are um, episode- song titles from a oh, – I forget the name of the, the group. We talked about it on the last Luke Cage episode that um, Ben and I did. I know that uh, th- they refer to that. They don't necessarily mean anything to the episode. But – um on the on the side of brevity, let's dive right in. Are you guys ready? Um, okay, so you know my steez is a song by Gang Star. That's what it is. Which which is an artist I'm not familiar with. Um Oh, Style with Ease. Okay. It's it's short for Style with Ease. Alright. Well there you go. Which is a song. Originally from the song Shadow Boxing by GZA and Method Man. Oh, well, that makes perfect sense. Yes. Given this, given this uh, block of episodes. Yes. All right. Episode 11 of Luke Cage Season 1. Now you're mine. This episode takes place primarily in Harlem's Paradise. There's a lot of gunfighting and yelling at each other. Um, the associate DA, I think, is Blake Tower. Is that his name? Yes from Daredevil shows up and and helps the inspector figure out who's selling the Judas bullets. We all know, Mariah. Uh, Luke is arrested and taken off in the police van. Misty hits it where he can escape, and he does. And then Diamondback escapes. I, I kind of glossed over a lot of things. Um, does anybody have anything specifically they want to talk about in this episode? Oh, um, I believe in the comics, uh, the Misty at some point gets a bionic arm. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a hint towards that in this episode because right. she has that terrible bullet wound to the arm. And there's the question of, is she going to lose her arm or not? Yes. Yes, it does. And, and um, she and Claire, Dr. Claire, Nurse Claire, saves the day again in that, in the underground. I mean, he the, during the gun battle, they they end up going downstairs underneath the the thing where the um where the rum runners hid their rum and then saved Captain Jack Sparrow. Oh, wait, that's the wrong movie. Um, <laughs> the, the Prohibition Room. Right. 
the prohibition room. And uh, Marvel loves their prohibition t- tunnels. Yes, the prohibition tunnels. <laughs> See, it's a connection. It's all connected. <laughs> um, t- uh, yeah, that's where he. Uh, that's where she saved it, her arm again. Um, it's a good thing she saved her arm because you never know. She might. She might need it later. <laughs> And that's also her trigger arm or her gun arm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Her trigger, her trigger arm is pretty good. Um, th- to me, this episode was kind of a- a- another filler between two two episodes. You know, it, it, it's almost like it needed to be there to fill out thirteen <laughs> in some ways. Um, a lot of stuff happens. But not a lot of it is resolved, if that makes any sense. Right. But it did move the story forward. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good way of saying it, too. It felt like a, a slow, steady march to me. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that could have all been done in a lot quicker time frame. Um, and it almost seemed like they... I, I don't know how the writing process goes, but it seemed like that that was geared to be the grand finale. And then they realized, wait, we have two episodes left. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they did, they did get him locked up and, and diamond back, you know, escapes at some point. Um, but then when you go into the next episode and I don't want to get there too quickly, but it might feel like it is right now when you get into the next episode, uh, if there's a natural continuation of it, you know, it's not like it just stopped unabruptly. It just, it, to, again, to my mind, a lot happened, but not a lot happened. <laughs> it was kind of, yeah. it's kind of, it doesn't stand alone to my, to my mind. Mm-hmm. It's a ship in the bottle episode, which for those who don't understand that reference, Star Trek, it started with uh, Star Trek, the next generation where, they would try to fill an episode slot, but they didn't want to spend a lot of extra money on sets. So they would focus the story to be something on the ship entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were, it was referred to ship in the bottle. Um, and where in this episode, it's set on us in a place where we are very familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, and in many ways it's supposed to help save money, but, uh, with all these explosions um, and all of the squibs, and which are the little packets that you explode, you wear it underneath your clothes. And when uh, an act, another actor and uh, who's holding a gun with a blank pulls the trigger, the little squib explodes, and it creates a, a, a bullet hole. Um, I believe in Luke Cage's case, it just creates a hole. Whereas in <laughs> other actors, you would also have the blood packets. And, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I imagine with all of that, that also creates a lot of expense too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean the yeah. the whole ship in the bottle thing was to to save money using sets already already built, and then also not have a whole bunch of uh, extra you know guest stars and whatnot. And so I'm not sure this was necessarily to save money. Um, it just wasn't. It didn't resolve. It was it was on its way. It was a thing on its way, not a thing to be resolved. Um, yeah. Listeners, though, if I'm wrong, you feel free to write in. You yeah. do that. Or call in even better. 
Ben's going to tell you the number at the very end of the show. Um, okay, so so let's do our ratings for this one. Uh, where do we see... Uh, what can we... Do you want to do Judas Bullets? I think we did Judas Bullets mm-hmm. earlier. Squib packets? Squib packets. Um, we could do squib packets. How many squib <laughs> packets do you give this squib packets? Because squid packets is a different thing. Squib packets. <laughs> do you give this episode, Mr. Casey? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say four. Um, I think I liked this better on the first viewing. Mm-hmm. Uh the, the all three episodes actually that would that would apply to. Um and I still enjoyed it quite a bit, but it maybe it's because I knew not the details of what was coming, but knew where it was going that I, mm-hmm. it kind of felt like you said, it kind of felt like it was just kind of stuck in there. Um, but it was a, it was a good episode. It was well done. There was a lot of, um, a lot of background given on, on Diamondback and Cage's relationship. Um, why Diamondback wanted to kill Cage and all that. Um, so over, I'd, I'd, I'd say I give it a four. All right. Miss Samantha. Um, I would give it four, and the fifth is uh, it was the switch was, was ignited, but it failed to go off. Mm. <laughs> and I would say just simply because while it is this sort of ship in the bottle episode, there was still a lot of action. Uh, the story was still very well driven. It, it can be a difficult episode to write um, and fill out and mm-hmm. have it be a very cohesive story, but it flowed well. Um, and there were a lot of turns and... Um, like, especially with Candace, um, I, I did fear for her life. I feared for Claire and, uh, Misty, uh, Misty and all of the other hostages lives. Mm-hmm. It was a very tense episode. It was, it was tense. I, I will give it that. I'm sure Daniel was tense. We'll have to find out on the call. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with a solid four, uh, very much. So I feel like it. It was good for what it was, but it wasn't anything that that knocked my socks off. Um, it a, a good solid four, I think, has been said on this podcast a bunch. <laughs> um, There's nothing wrong with that. No, nothing wrong with that. It's a good. It's a good B plus. You're almost an A. You're just not quite over the top. Um, okay. Episode twelve. Yes. Uh, Luke Cage, episode 12, Soliloquy of Chaos. Luke Cage escapes through the van while it is stopped waiting for a homeless woman to cross the street. He runs, an older cop stops him, and lets him go because he got his hair cut at Pops for 12 years. While Cage is on the run, he sees two kids rob a convenience store. He breaks up the robbery and then fans out over Method Man. Yes, PLO style was my jam back in the day, too. They swap hoodies, Method Man writes a song, and we get bulletproof love on Sway in the Morning. Meanwhile, Mariah's at Harlem's Paradise, picking up the pieces and deciding how to move forward. Candace tells Missy the inside scoop about how Luke Cage didn't actually kill Cottonmouth. Diamondback tries to have Shades killed. Before we get started, does anyone want to get off? Shades kills Zip. Shades and Mariah team up. They go off to confront Luke Cage again. Everyone meets up at Pops and has a soda. Oh, wait, no. They destroy it. Did I miss anything? Destroyed it again. Destroyed it again. So, yeah. uh, This is a good time to bring up something I don't think we've brought up before. 
Yes. The the writers have, are on record saying that they envisioned Prince and approached Prince to come in and have a um, or, or were trying to approach Prince to come in and have a guest spot uh, in this show. And they did things like have Luke not curse, um, because if you don't know, Prince is a huge or was a huge fan of not using curse words. Um, he was. I think he was Jehovah's Witness um, and was pretty religious and didn't like a lot of that around. Um, and so they were approaching or going to approach him. And then unfortunately he passed. Um, I feel like Method Man <laughs> was a, and if you don't know, Method Man is a, um, is a rapper and he's pretty big into the Wu-Tang Clan and is pretty popular and PLO style is a great song. So, um, <laughs> all of that is true. And so I feel like, Method Man's part in this was supposed to be Prince's part. Um, that all being said, I'm sure they had to rewrite it because there's no way uh, Prince would have been on Sway in the Morning rapping. <laughs> and Sway Sway in the Morning is an actual um, uh, radio show in New York City um, that does, you know, more hip hop stuff. Um, it's kind of like, you know, Mark and Brian or Rick Dees or any of those guys, which I don't even know if they have morning shows anymore. <laughs> um, I think I, I, Pr- Prince probably would have shown up on one of those shows because Prince was had a very unique musical style, and and because it was so unique, it was difficult to categorize. Is mm-hmm. it R and B? Is it you know soul, pop? Is it funk, rock and yeah. roll? Is it soul funk? You know, it 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 fits well into all all of those categories. So it wouldn't be far off from him appearing as a guest on a hip hop show. Mm-hmm. That said, I cannot picture him in the role that method man played in this episode. I yeah. Think yeah. Was absolutely. much more of a natural, um, fit for what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Though he, a uh, Prince did have a really fun appearance on new girl. If you ever got the chance to see that episode, it was really cute. Well, to be fair, the best thing Prince ever did was the bat dance. So, <laughs> you know, one one of the things I liked about the the Method Man appearance, especially, is is that it, you know, I I, I picture small neighborhoods. Small being a relative term because it's a small neighborhood in a big city. Mm-hmm. Harlem's not small, I know that, but uh, you know, you get these local neighborhoods within a bigger city, and the celebs that, that come out of there mm-hmm. when they go back home. They're just them. You know, they're not anyone special. They're still the guy that grew up in the apartment building on the corner there, you know, at, and, and there's some sort some reverence there, as you see, you know, fanning out over him. But it's not like any other celebrity that, you know, Prince wouldn't have fit there because Prince is Prince. Mm-hmm. Prince walks through Harlem. There's going to be a crowd around him and they're going to be flocking to him and and all that. And this was a much more natural, natural thing. Um, and I think of our, uh, our little town out here, we had, a, we had, you know, summer festival, uh, and the town, well, it's a town next to us actually. And, uh, they have a, a concert, uh, a community concert on Saturday night. And there's a, uh, a singer who came out of that town. She's in Nashville now. And, and I guess she's recording and, and 
starting to make it big or whatever. Well, she was able to come back for the weekend to be a part of that concert and that festival. It was such a huge deal um, because she was able to come back. She made it out and she was still remembering and returning and being a part of that. Um, And that's, I, I just noticed that correlation there and, and, I don't think that same flock would have been going around if she just showed up to, to visit, you know, um, her town. It's just, Hey, that's so-and-so, you know, we went to high school with her, you Mm -hmm. know, knew her when she was two years old or something like that. It it definitely speaks to the fact that, you know, Luke Cage is just trying to be a guy, just trying to do what's right. And, you know, protect, he, he realizes that his job is to protect um, Harlem to protect Harlem. Um, I wish he'd have been around when there was a, two big green guys fighting in Harlem, but that's a different story. Um, but yeah, his job is to protect Harlem, just like his job was to wipe that glass, you know, make sure there's no streaks on it and sweep hair. So I like that he acknowledges that. And if Method Man helps him to acknowledge that by, you know, both kind of having this reverence for each other. No, you're the man. No, you're the man. Um, and then, and then swapping hoodies. I, you know, that's pretty fantastic. Um, what do we think about the obvious homage to Captain America winter soldier? Except it's bad guys killing bad guys. Is that where, you know, I'm thinking of another, a later episode that we have not covered yet. Um, in another series, (laughs) I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's the, it's the elevator scene when, Sh- yeah. when Zip tries to kill Shade. Oh, yes. Yes. That scene. And, yes. And um, go ahead. This felt this uh, felt much more natural compared to a dozen men against Captain America. You have two guys against one. And it felt yeah, I, I it felt more organic and and the punches felt real, whereas in a movie. Um, just, you know, you, a guy throws a punch and actually, if you were standing at a different angle, watching it, them, you'd see that the punches were missing the, the opponent by, you know, six inches. Oh, and Captain America. Uh, yeah. This is, was filmed to be less cool looking and more harsh looking less PG 13, more R rated. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. mean, this, this was grittier. This was more true to life. Captain America is what's, what's interesting is Captain America and Luke Cage are essentially the same guy. Um, you know, they both, it takes a lot to hurt them. Um, yeah. Luke Cage has the very physic physical thing of being b- bulletproof where I think Captain America, if he took a bullet, w- that would really hurt. Um, But it's a good, you know, there's correlations there, right? Um, And they're both really down-to-earth type of people. Yes, and I'm I'm sure that uh, the experiment that was done on Luke, there is some basis on uh, what was done to to Steve. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They've been trying to replicate the the Steve Rogers Captain America serum. Not not explicitly in the MCU, but you kind of get the – I mean, that's what happened to Hulk. You kind of feel like that's what could have happened to um, to Luke Cage and on, and all of that. Yes. I mean, even um, uh, Kilgrave, the experiments that were done on him, they were based from the super soldier oh, experiments. Were they? That, yes. 
I'm gonna have to. You know, I keep saying this. I'm gonna have to rewatch Jessica Jones. I haven't. I don't remember it as much. Uh, there's one shot I wanted to to bring up. Uh, and, and if you guys have anything else, obviously be sure to bring it up. But there's this one shot where Mariah is talking about you know rebuilding the club and how uh, Grandma you know Mama Mabel loved it and you know was down with every bit of it and and all this sort of stuff. And it starts out with her. Um, it's it's basically through broken glass, right? And it's got her face obscured by the by the by the shatter of the glass. And as the camera moves around a little bit, it it gets her from one sort of angle through the crack and to this next angle where her she's back in focus. And it what it occurred to me was this was a very f- explicit indication, a visual indication of her changing from sweet little Mariah to black Mariah <laughs> to, you know, she is going to be evil. She's going to be a bad person and take what she can get because it's hers and she deserves it. Um, she turns into mother Mabel, mama Mabel. Yes. And that I thought I didn't catch that on the first watch and I caught it on the second watch. And I really, really enjoyed that. I'm trying to think back. I, I've watched six episodes of Luke Cage in two days. <laughs> yeah. So I have a lot, a lot of things kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that <laughs> I am not looking forward to iron fist. Cause I'm gonna have to do the same thing. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember, um, what all happened in this episode. Um, is this also the same episode where a lot of the men in the streets started wearing the hoodies with the bullet holes in them? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. After, after um, Method Man goes on uh, Sway in the Morning and he's singing bulletproof or rapping bulletproof love, I guess. Um, he, you see them selling a bullet hold shirts or hoodies and to try to be like Spartacus, right? Where everybody, you know, they're, they're going to track down uh, black men in, in bullet, you know, bullet ridden hoodies and they're all going to say I'm Spartacus. Um. And also these men know that Luke is a good guy because many of them know him from pop shop. So they got to know him pretty well, I would hope. And they know that he's out on the streets. He's actually trying to to protect Harlem uh, from a lot of the, the terrible things that have happened and from the terrible people committing those terrible things. They're just saying, you know, Harlem, Luke, Harlem's got your back, and which is kind of a really sweet thing to do for someone that's on the run. With Mariah, I, I wrote this for the in my notes for the next episode, but you know, kind of along what you were saying, um, you know, she wasn't a good person to begin with, you know, and so you you, you talk about that transformation that they're showing in her to to become evil. It's it's almost one of those. She can't get any worse, and then she does. You know, it, it's definitely an escalation, but it's not a. You know, you're kind of used to seeing that going from a, a good or a neutral to a bad, and this is from a bad to a worse. I think. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's the reason I can't watch Breaking Bad, because he starts out good, and ends up 
not good at all. <laughs> Very bad. Um, and I just, it's, it's not something I can watch. Um, whereas this, you know, you kind of get the, I don't know. It's not as intense, I guess, as, as the difference. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. Do you know the works of Sean Yu? I don't know the works of Sean Yu. Do you? <laughs> it's, that, that's a Firefly reference. Um, and Sean Yu is actually the, the, the bad guy from the uh, Disney movie Mulan. And, uh, <laughs> and in the show Firefly, that character uh, was re- um, kind sort of uh, they recreated it in him or named a mythical philosophical person, Sean Yu. Um, but what? the whole point is Sean Yu's philosophy was uh, live with a man for 40 years and dine with him, get to know everything about him. But you will really not know that man until you hold him over the edge of a, vo- of a volcano and see what he does. So... Luke's been through a lot of trauma. Claire's been through a lot of trauma. Um, and with the imagery of the broken glass, uh, Jessica Jones has been through a lot of drama too. And broken glass has been sort of a symbol of her character. Um, but, and Mariah has been through a lot too. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's been through some horrendous stuff. Horrible things, and yeah, and uh, horrible things that a lot of people can sympathize with. Mm-hmm. But those bad things have turned her, and she chose, in light of those bad things and, and her bad choices, to continue to make more bad choices. Um, on the other hand, Jessica, she she's she's become an alcoholic. But when the chips are down, she still does the right thing, and she still tries to save people. Um, so in a way, Jessica and Mariah have been on similar paths, but they decided to go in opposite directions when the time came. Now, what do you guys want to do for ratings on this? Well, mm-hmm. I have two, two quick toss-outs oh, real quick go for ahead. this episode. Did you, did you catch the Heroes for Hire reference? Yes. I thought one of the better done references that they've done um, that was still catchable. <laughs> um, a lot of the references that they, they do that, that most people catch seem to be very corny as he'll say in the next episode. Um, but I thought that one was pretty well done. And then Turk um, was back in this episode. Yay. And I know you guys, yeah, you guys talked about early in the series, how he was not used well when he was in there. Uh, you know, a setup for his his line about going back to Hell's Kitchen. Uh, and I thought this was the way he should be used, was in this episode. Right. Um, very much uh, this and the, the dynamic between him and, I can't remember the guy's name, Diamondback's new second, second guy. Yeah, I can't oh. remember his name. I can't remember either, but I know who you're talking about. The dynamic between Turk and him and the dynamic between Shades and, and that guy, um, I, th- I thought was really well done. And and I think that Shades has has become one of the most interesting characters to come out of this this series. Oh, Shades, um, is, not, Shades yes. is almost my favorite character in this. Yeah. He's like my second favorite character in this. And I think you guys are talking about um, Shades and Zip and Zip and Turk talking. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Zip. Yeah. yeah, I have to agree. 
And, and yes, this was the right, uh, in reviewing this episode, this was the right place to put Turk, not in the beginning. Um, though I think he, I think Turk overall in this series would have been better served if they just had not had that line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to yeah. go back to Hell's Kitchen where it's safe. Come on now. Come on. Yeah. Um, but overall, that's my own only complaint about Turk through all of these series. Yeah. I can't think of anything. I mean, maybe uh, some of the stuff in the beginning of like in the first part of season one of Daredevil, but that's been so long ago. Um, yeah. And I can't remember if he was in um, Jessica Jones or not. I don't think he was. I don't remember him there. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Uh, so. He Did might any- have been in passing, but yeah. Did anybody have anything else? Uh, I have an idea for episode ratings. Okay. Bullet riddled hoodies. I was going to do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do the same thing. Uh, so I asked Casey first last time, Samantha, how many bullet ridden hoodies do you give this solilo- soliloquy of chaos? Luke Cage episode 12. Um, hmm. I would, I would give it another solid, well, not solid, uh, four solid hoodies plus one of the, of the sleeves of a fifth one. So like 4.25, like 4.25. Okay. Yeah. Um, Casey. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to go the same score, uh, 4.25. And, and mostly it's because, uh, well, I don't have anything concrete to, to make it better than the last one. I enjoyed this one a lot better than the last one. So it needs a higher score than that one. Okay. It's no shock to you. I'm sure. I love Luke Cage. I, this is my favorite series so far. I'm going to give it five hoodies. If I could give it 10 hoodies, I would give it 10 hoodies to me. This is, this is the epitome. This is what I want to see when I see Luke Cage, he's fighting bad guys. Uh, there's some super powered stuff, but it's not like, you know, Thor's hammer. It's not like big green guys in, in Harlem. Um, there's consequences to some actions. He is just trying to be a good human being. (laughs) <laughs> and he, yes. the, the scene when he walks into the, the, the shop and is like, give me your phone. And the guy hands him, guy hands him his gun and says, no, give me your phone. <laughs> that was amazing. I was so, uh, that is exactly what I want to see in Luke Cage. Um, and then there was, there was the heroes for hire reference, uh, earlier. Um, I liked the, uh, I liked the interaction with shades. I think shades is a fantastic character. Um, I, I think he's going to, uh, I, I like the actor. I like him. He plays off uh, Mariah very well. Okay. Luke Cage episode 13, you know, Mustis. flashback at the Apollo fight bleeds onto the street where the kid gets more 4k incident footage. Fight ends when Luke stops feeding Diamondback hate. Luke gets the girl. They walk up into the sunset. Nope. 
Mariah, Misty, and the inspector go three rounds only to find out that Candace has been killed and Mariah is no longer being charged with anything. Luke is innocent of killing people, but still owes the state of Georgia time. But it's okay, because Claire knows a good lawyer, quote-unquote. Claire grabs a flyer for Kung Fu by Colleen Wing. Hashtag it's all connected. The end. Hashtag it, it's it's all connected, and we're not supposed to know who on earth calling Wing is yet. No, we're not. But no, I can't remember if she's in the comics or not. So that's why I that's why I put it in there. But as a rewatch, yes, we know who calling Wing is. And you're very obviously supposed to see her name there, right? So you know it's yes. going to come into play, right? So I love this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Just because of it, it sums up who Luke is so beautifully. Uh, because he realizes he realizes in the middle of this fight with Diamondback that you know getting more aggressive and 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 fighting back is not what's going to stop him. You know, showing him that you know he still loves him as a brother and cares for him. Well, of course, as a brother, of course they're half brothers, but. You know, Luke is showing him that he still loves him and he cares for him and, and not fighting back aggressively in that manner is what ultimately stopped him. Because Diamond's back issue is not with Luke. Diamondback's issue is with their father. And it's not Luke's fault that he's there in the first place. I, I'm so, so sorry that we could not get anyone that was African-American on the show because it is hard for African-Americans out there. Uh, and I grew up in an area where every third person is African-American. And sometimes there aren't always good male role models in, from that community and available to everybody. And Luke Cage, even though he's fiction, is that role model. Not just that even he's not just a good African-American role model. He's just a good male role model. He's an every guy who just happens to have bulletproof skin, who just happens to be super strong. And he does not do that for his own gain, or he doesn't use those things for his own gain. He uses those things to protect the people, and he's still humble, and he's still an everyday guy when it comes down to it. And so I admire him. Yeah, and that's, that is my favorite thing about this, about this show, is the fact that he is just He's just trying to work. He's just trying to move on. Always forward, forward, always. It that is it. Um, I I wish there was more of that on television. Yes. Um, actually, uh, recently there was an article about the show This Is Us mm -hmm. because the father on that show is a rare example in these days of what it is to be a good father. If you watch a lot of other series, especially with sitcoms, the father in the family is often shown to be the doofus and is often, at least once or twice per episode, put down by the wife or by another close family mem member, such as a mother or a sister. And in This Is Us, Jack is... That doesn't happen to Jack at all because he works so hard. He, he works... Uh, uh, you know, in his job, he works hard to provide for his family. He works hard to lead his children and to show them an example of what a good person is. And 
So, you know, honestly, if Jack and uh, Luke Cage were ever in the same universe, I could see them being buddies. Mm -hmm. Because they both come from that same caliber of of what a true man is. It'll be interesting. I haven't seen that show. I'm not even sure I've heard of it, but I think I'm going to search it out and see what I can um, come up with. Just a warning, you need that three-pack of Kleenex tissues. (laughs) (laughs) All right. For the entire series. Oh, all right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Casey, did you have anything on this? Yeah, I I liked most of this episode. I really liked most of it. But there were a couple of specific issues that just kind of fell flat to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fight and what Luke was able to learn, uh, I thought was awesome because that's, you know, when, when you have those superpowers, it's okay. You hit it harder, right? That's, that's the answer. And he was, he, he was learning and, and growing and learning that that's not what the answer is, but the way it was done just didn't, it kind of seemed, um, anticlimactic and kind of out of nowhere sort of thing. I can um, see that. It maybe, yes. Yeah. I don't know if I missed some of the stuff in there, but it just, I, I love the lesson he learned and, and, and where it grew him. I didn't. I just didn't see it as it played out on the screen. It um, it almost feels yeah. like they didn't explain the sciency science part of it enough. Like I feel yes. like the hammer tech regenerated its powers after Diamondback punched something. Like it's almost like a kinetic energy thing. So he releases the energy and then it you know builds back up or or something. And I don't feel like they explained that necessarily the best. That's so a good point. To that hear... probably... Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, so you needed to hear the Trek speak of all the tech- yeah, technological. There, the... there was no, there was no techno babble given by Jordy, Jordy yeah. LaForge or Wesley. And this was, yes. a, this is what I was missing in the episode. So we're going to make this an episode, you know, a one, whatever we make it. That's what it is. Uh, and then the, the other thing, um, I, I love the dynamic between Mariah and Shades, but I felt like the the kiss at the end came out of nowhere and did not fit with that. Um, I, I thought that was different than what had been organically happening with them. And, and again, just kind of came out of nowhere and felt forced. My, I, I felt the same way when I, when I watched it, but now that I'm thinking about it a little bit, it feels it feels like two people who are desperate for human contact from anything else are finding each other, but they're not happy about it. <laughs> mm. So it, it was forced. It was uncomfortable. It was supposed to be uncomfortable on their end. Um, it's not a passionate kiss for sure. It's certainly not raindrops on your, on your elbow. Um, <laughs> uh, it's not a, it, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for them too, but it's kind of like they've got nobody. And if it's supposed to be uncomfortable and awkward, that makes more sense. And I, I'm more okay with it. In in a series full of, um, I, I don't want to say home runs, but definitely, you know, on, on base hits, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, this doesn't feel like a mistake. It feels like it's supposed to be there only if I'm reading it right as it's supposed to be uncomfortable for everybody. 
I, a couple of other things to throw out there. So it's not sounding like I'm negative on this episode at all. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot, a lot good in there. Um, the, I, I noticed watching it the second time, uh, it played into Marvel's, uh, the role that food plays after those big fights, the, <laughs> the, when you're coming down off of that, you know, Luke, okay, we're done. You got any takeout menus? He might as, um, he might as well I, ask for shawarma. Right. You know, it's, I, I liked that. Um, and, uh, and that Bobby fish is just a cool slick cat. He just oh, really yeah. is. There's, he, he could easily go through this whole series as a, as a MVP without us having said a word about him. Uh-huh. Uh, and I don't know if you guys have or not, but he's just, he's just a cool, cool guy, a throwback for sure. I, I don't know that we've talked about him as much because he kind of floats in, helps Luke Cage define where he's going and floats out again. And then he mm-hmm. floats back in and he's like, okay, I got some, you know, here's a little bit more plot. Here's a little bit more stuff. And then floats out again. Um, I loved though, where he channeled Mr. Incredible. I just fixed this place. Yeah. I got to go beat it up again. <laughs> and they're like, and then they, you know, something breaks. He's like, okay, fine. You do what you got to do. Yeah. He was, he was a good character. Um, can I go back to that kiss? Because I had some technical issues on my you... end that I had to fix first before you guys could hear me. Okay. Um, I actually liked that kiss. Really? I thought it fit well for the story. Yeah, I, I could sense that there was some chemistry between Shades and Mariah for a very long time. Um, and to me, it felt natural to the progression of the, their characters. Will they last? Nah. <laughs> not as a couple. They're not going to go on for 40 years. Um, mm-hmm. But they, right now, this seems to be the right place for them to be working together, to be running Harlem's paradise. Do you think it's a 50, 50 relationship or do you think it's mostly him looking up to her and she's just placating him, which is what I think, by the way, (laughs) I think he's the kind of guy that really goes for the powerful women type. And I think after what he did for her, in the last few episodes that she saw that he was going to be there and have her back every time. And that has drawn her to him. And I think the sense that shade has given for me, for the series, actually, Stuart, I would go the opposite of what you were thinking. Uh, I think he's pulling a lot more of the strings in these various relationships than, than is shown. Uh, I don't think she's placating him. I don't think he's looking up to her. I think he's got a lot more of the behind the scenes power than than she realizes that he right. has with her. Hmm. And plus, uh, considering what happened between her and her uncle when they were very young, she needs somebody who is not going to um, hurt her. Because she even had that coming from Cottonmouth that on occasion he would do something to betray her or hurt her. Do you but think, Shades is not the kind of guy to do that. So really? she's very drawn to that. Yeah. I always thought Shades was a snaky snake who snakes. I always Maybe, thought, but I don't like, think he's going to do mm, I don't think he's going to do that to Mariah. Hmm. I, I think that that is who he is, but that fits with where he's now at with Mariah. And I don't think there's a reason for him to strike uh, anytime soon. 
I think he's got his position. She has the power. He's the one that is actually controlling her, I think, um, at least more than she realizes. Uh, and so he's he's that behind the scenes, that, that guy who's truly in charge that isn't taking – not that he's not taking any risks. I mean he's out there murdering people. That's taking a risk. But um, you know, he's not the front, the, the guy he's, in he- front. He's the power behind the throne, basically. Right. Yeah. She's still she's still powerful. Together, they are more powerful as a couple. Mm-hmm. They're an evil guy power couple, basically. Did you guys catch that they took down the picture of Biggie in the crown, but they replaced yes. it with two sort of impressionistic paintings of two people wearing a crown? So yes, it was two male and female. Was it male and female? It was, it was yes. hard. I mean, it wasn't explicitly. I didn't read it as explicitly male and female, but I, I could see that that's a way to have interpreted that. So, um, but yeah, it, that made sense, and I and I did like that. I just I don't know how sincere Shades is. Is I guess what I'm saying, um, and I guess. Mariah, I'm coming at this from a place of Mariah being hurt. And so therefore I don't think it's necessarily fair that shades is, you know, quote unquote, taking advantage of her. But then I realized, you know, she can be a strong black woman. I'm not going to get in the way of that. You do. No, it's not. a, And uh, I would not want to be in the way of a strong black black woman because no, because there, there is a, Strong black women have been through a lot. <laughs> yeah, they have. good or bad, they are considered strong black women because they have dealt with a lot, and, and they need to be respected. And to be fair, Mariah has dealt with a lot. You know, yes, she's been through a lot in her life. She's been through a lot in her um, personal life and then public life. I mean, running for office is not easy. No, being being a face of public is not easy. So it's a it's a good. I feel like her character was good and nobody could play it like Alfred Woodard. Nobody. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Does anybody else have anything? Yes. Go. Uh, Claire and Luke. Mm -hmm. They, I think did a great job writing that and it, it worked and it's great and all that. Uh, and I might be biased from doing comics before the series. She is not who he's supposed to be with. No, and she's su- he's supposed to be with Jessica Jones, who complains about where's the baby? Come home and be with the baby. <laughs> well, you also have to remember that the MCU is it's based on it. On the comics, but it's it's a separate universe from the comics. Yeah. So things will yeah. be different. And I think... And, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I just think that Luke and Claire make a really great couple. I mean, talk about power couples. I mean, these are two people that work to take care of people. Right. At, there is, you know, he she is now his Achilles tendon, though. I mean, if something bad were to happen to her... There is not a hmm, there you go. There's not a power in the verse that's going to stop him. <laughs> you know, if something bad were to happen to her, I would not want to stand in his way. And and I agree. They they fit well together, and and they were very well written as coming together. And I don't have any issue. You know, I don't think it's a 
a wrong pairing uh, by any stretch, and I'm sure I'm overly influenced. The other thing I thought of just as I was speaking to this is, is in the comics, uh, Luke and Jessica, it's not an easy track to their relationship. There's a lot of stuff that they have to go through before they end up getting together. So Luke and Claire being together does not eliminate that for the future. Well, and to be fair, there wasn't really a Claire Temple character in in any of the comics that I read. This is the right. part. This is the part of the conversation where I would ask Ben, and he'd be like, "I don't know," um, <laughs> but yeah, there there wasn't necessarily a Claire Temple character. I mean, she was sort of slated as the night nurse, and then that got taken away by Doctor Strange or whatever. That being said, I think she's a good addition, and Rosario Dawson is amazing. You know, she is. Yes. She's gorgeous. She fits well with Luke Cage. She fits well with the other with the other shows. Um, and it's good to see her as a connective tissue. Absolutely. I, I don't necessarily want to see her have her own show, though. She needs to be on Luke's, you know, as a... As a She's don't... The, the heart of the Netflix MCU series. Right. All of them. Right. And if something bad were to happen to her, like I said... Oh, she'd, she'd have several forces coming after that whoever would hurt her. Right. Because can, they all like her. Can you just imagine... That if that if she got Colsoned, oh man. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. It'd be it'd be another incident. It'd another be... New York City incident. <laughs> and some kid is gonna film it with the four K, so it works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A four K camera, which is for those who don't know, it, it's the best kind of uh movie camera you can get in, in the market these days. Right. Right. I mean it's definitely the best prosumer I mean they didn't specifically say which one it was, although it looked a little bit like a red. I'm sure it was a red because the reds look really freaky um, because they don't. If you want to hear more about red cameras, go listen to a camera podcast <laughs> to get into it. Uh, but basically they don't look like typical cameras and that didn't look like a typical camera. Um, so, I could see him having acquired one and using it to sell footage of the incident. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So what I'm proposing is we do uh, ratings for this episode and then we do ratings for the series as a whole. Um, I'm assuming you guys watched the whole series recently, right? Or at least enough of it to, to be able to speak to it. Yes. Okay. Yes. So what do you guys want to do? Oh, let's do this. Uh, little flyers for for Kung Fu Studios. <laughs> how many? Have, how, I'll go first this time. Um, I'm going to give this one a solid four and a half. Um, I really liked it. It had good things. It didn't have quite everything that I wanted it to have, but it it was good. It remained all connected. Um, and and then there we go. Oh. I'm going to go 4.9. 4.9? Yes. Just because there was a little bit of the awkwardness with the pacing and with the fight in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, almost a 5. 4.9. So you got a little extra, got a little extra, you know, when you took four of them down, you got a little extra on one of them. Oh, well, the last one, somebody's already torn off a couple of the phone numbers at the bottom. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I'd, I'd go 4.5 on, on this episode. Um, overall, really, really enjoyed it. Like how they connected everything, like how um, the main characters were written. Uh, there were a few things didn't particularly either weren't explained that I understood or, you know, whatever uh, wouldn't wouldn't go perfect. But I, I really enjoyed it. It was a good I think it was a good end episode. Okay, so uh, as for the as for the series, I'm just gonna. I love the series. This is my favorite Netflix series. If that means it's a five, then that's a five. I don't know how else, you know whatever rating we have to put on it to make sure this is my favorite Netflix series. You know, <laughs> arrows pointing at that sentence. Um, this is it to me. It's the most connected of the hashtag it's all connected things of the MCU. They worked really hard to ground it in both reality and in the MCU. I mean, at one point in the, in um, Bulletproof Love, uh, Method Man talks about uh, Trayvon having a Bulletproof hoodie. um, And he was the Um, young kid who got shot by a cop. Um, Trayvon Martin. Yeah. Trayvon Martin. And so they've done really, and and like they mentioned Obama and they mentioned, you know, all of these sort of current political people, you know, Martin X, Martin X, Martin Luther King, Jr., Malcolm X, all of these political real life people combined with stuff like there's no Iron Man to save us. And then, you know, um, Thor's hammer and all that. Uh, To me, this was the best that they could possibly do. Under the banner, it's all connected. Yeah. You know, they should not have mentioned uh, Barack Obama. Because within the MCU, somebody else is president. <laughs> now, I remember talking about this way back, yeah. way, way, way a long time ago. And the thing that Ben and I came to was they didn't call him President Obama. They just said when Obama did the thing. So, Because he was still an influential senator from yeah, Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's where we landed okay. on that. That's how our okay, head cool. cannon made it work. <laughs> okay, but yeah, uh, so I'm going to give this a five. The sum of it is greater than the than the than the individual pieces. That I agree with for sure. Uh, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. While you know there are little imperfections throughout the series, I think it the you know it the sun the. Uh, the sum is greater than its parts, and it really does hold up and tell a magnificent, magnificent story. Mm-hmm. And you feel happy at the end, even though he goes off to jail. Even though he goes off to jail. And I cannot <laughs> yeah. wait to watch The Defenders. Cannot wait. <laughs> Absolutely cannot wait to rewatch it. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to but I wasn't going to say that because we don't know about Spoilers. it yet, but oh my gosh. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Casey, what I about just... you? Um, I think I would agree with uh, most of what you guys have said about it as a whole. Um, as, as, a, as an overall series, um, as, a, as a, the story it's telling, as the connectedness of it, as, as all of that, I think it was absolutely fantastic. Rewatching some of these episodes kind of makes me worry about the rewatchability. Um, especially, like I said, when rewatching these last three episodes, I remember enjoying them more the first time I watched them, uh, than this time. And I'm not sure why that is. Uh, but I, 
looking at it big picture, looking at it as a series, I thought it was absolutely fantastic and cannot, you know, we can nitpick about what, what wasn't perfect, but overall they hit a home run. They did. As nerds, we are allowed to do that and it's our right duty. Um, So my question to you on that, Casey, Mm -hmm. did you watch just these three episodes or did you do a rewatch of the entire series recently? Uh, kind of in between, I probably missed the middle, say four episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't rewatch those just cause of Time life and life. And yeah. Yeah. But I watched the first, you know, four or five episodes when you guys were starting to go through it on the podcast. And, mm-hmm. and in the last two days I watched these three episodes. So that very well could play into, into it as well. So um, my, my experience with this was. The first time I watched it, I spread it out over a while. I loved the first chunk, um, and I maybe watched those a pretty, you know, concentrated. And then I kind of lost interest and was like, okay, well, I got to get back into it and and finished watching it. Um, the second time around, and and to be fair, the, the first time around, I was like, okay, it's a pretty good series. You know, Daredevil's probably still a little bit better, but, you know, it is what it is. The second time around, I watched it in a very concentrated chunk. And I got so much more out of it. It felt more cohesive than it did the first time. I remember thinking the first time, okay, it would be great if Cottonmouth hadn't died so early. But, okay, now we're moving on. It didn't feel like that this time. Um, There was a little bit of that because I still want Cottonmouth around. But I did feel like Diamondback was a good enough, um, good enough guy at the, you know, good enough bad guy at the end. I wasn't a big fan of Diamondback as the main villain. I thought he was a good character. Uh, and, and and it's not that I didn't want him in the show for, you know, at all. But um, I, I see what you're saying about watching it more, more concentrated, more, more focused, more uh, all in one. The way Netflix is intending it to be watched sort of thing. Right. Um, right. With its 15 second, you know, interlude between each one. <laughs> Right. You can cut out the credits just enough time for you to, just enough time for you to call in and leave a message, right? Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which apparently we'll be playing at the end of the at the end of the episode. So stay tuned for those guys. Um, okay. So does anybody have any final words before we head on out? Yes, I just generally just loved this entire series. <laughs> I don't know what, what's more exciting than that. It's just this was an exceptionalness. There was an exceptionalness because of the down-to-earth, real-life things that they were dealing with within the series. Mm-hmm. Um, it was much more down-to-earth and more realistic than any of the other uh, Netflix MCU series. Or actually just the MCU total. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Shield is wonderful and we all love it and that's the reason we have this show but it's not con- it's not down to earth and connected like this is not to- connected to our reality right. right it's also i mean i don't feel like it's as connected to the MCU really true yeah you could you could make this an independent series that has nothing to do with the MCU it could just be marvel not right. even the marvel that's in the x-men universe it's just just Luke Cage universe. Right. Just the Luke Cage universe. Casey. Uh, I got, I got nothing to add. Um, great series, great show. 
love what they're doing with the Netflix uh, universe. And uh, thank you for having me on. Awesome. Thank you for coming on. So, so I mean, I, I don't know. You guys don't know a whole bunch about me, but I took today off because it's, you know, our, our Dickinson County Fair. Oops, I gave away. Well, you guys know where I live. And uh, I actually stayed home with the two-year-old. And as my uh, as my wife was driving away, I, I I I screamed out after her, "Wait! Don't leave me in here! There's baby diapers in here!" Thanks once more for listening. You've heard us. Now we'd love to hear from you. Just go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback to contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the conversation by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcometolevel7, or by following us on Twitter, where we are level7pod. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh at our clean comedy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, Godspeed. Episode 11, Initial Reaction Call-Ins. Luke Cage, season one, now you're mine. I love it. I love it. We've debated it. We've argued it. We've gotten debate. How does Doctor Strange fit into this whole scenario? But finally, Jeff and his crew had the boldness, had the dareness to call it out. Claire is night nurse. I love it. And I love it, Claire, in this episode. I love the romantic slash friendship slash companionship slash comradeship relationship he has with Nick. Luke, I'll be honest, there's a time I was like, you know, Luke and Jessica need to be together because that's what the comics. No, no. I love these two. I love the fact that she makes him better and he, oh, sacrificial and oh, so so good. Good. Oh, and I love, I love her. Stepping on those shades at the end. Stepping on it, being like, you're done. Boom. Shades broken. Oh, I love Rosario Dawson as Claire. I am so glad she's our glue right now. And speaking of shades, how good was he in this episode? What a highlight for him as an actor to be able to do the things he did. I loved him. I felt tension around him. I agreed with him at times. And I was really glad when he got knocked in the head. Man. I am. I loved that episode. I loved it. Hey, speaking of things, we talked a lot about the faith conversations in Daredevil season one. Why is nobody talking about it here in season two? And, and, and sometimes it's almost been almost more overt, the religious overtones um, and the understanding of them or misunderstanding of them at times. Um, and again, Luke, what a great sacrificial hero. Oh, so much better than Daredevil. I'm sorry. He is. 
Luke is great. I'm just glad that Misty and Luke, I heard the rumor, and I, I understand where their relationship started. But again, she's got a true love coming. He's blonde, and he's going to be Luke's best friend. Claire and Luke are going to be going double dates with Misty and Danny. I love it. Yeah, I'm a romantic at heart. I know Ben's not. But anyway, Agent Daniel, Daniel out. Peace out later. Bye. Now you're mine. Episode 11. And uh, all goes wrong. Everybody's dying. People are hostage. I mean, it's just, this is the, the setup, I think, for the third act climax that we're looking at for these last three episodes, the last four episodes. This whole thing, the, the rally gone pot, you know, it's just a mess. And, you know, we get to see some good stuff from Misty. She going to lose her arm? I don't know. I can't help but think she could lose her arm. And uh, she's, she had the right friends. Colson could get her another one. Uh, we got Night Nurse getting called out as Night Nurse. You've got um, Shades losing his shades. And I ended the last call kind of close to ending it with... Uh, if you're talking about Willis, well, Shades said it. Like, you don't... Shades has a real... He's got a problem. You don't You don't talk to crazy like that. You know, you just... You just don't. You don't reason with them with, you know, big, threatening language and tone when they're crazy. And Stryker is crazy. Is he a valid, good villain for this? I don't know. I don't know if he's the right val- villain for the piece here, but um, he's working. He's working. His, his motivation is a little, uh, eh, there's got to be more to it than that. But we get to hear a lot of it. Oh, yeah, I'm tired. So uh, I'm just going to leave it there. And uh, I'm curious where it's going to go from here. Uh, okay, she's been arrested. I wonder, does he have a lawyer? Does he get a lawyer? Does he get the right lawyer? The lawyer we want to see him get. You know. Eh, we'll find out. Back to later. Future Ben. Bye. Episode 12, initial call-in reactions. Oh, man, Luke Cage, season one, episode 12, Silicly of Chaos. And all I can say is, Ben, get me my super suit. Ben, get me my super suit. Come on. You got to love that. It looks a little dorky. It really does. But it's a nice, real-life, MCU'd version of Diamondback super suit. Give me my super suit. Hey, I will say this, that's tense. That's tense, a hot mess. As Shades went up in that elevator, I thought he was done for, totally done for, because everybody dies in this show. And Shades, I love, I've come to love him. He's evil, but I love him. So, Ben, give me my super suit. Peace out later, bye. Luke Cage, episode 12. I'm a little behind on these. So, but, uh, forgive that. But, yeah, Shades, he's my favorite character, I think. I mean, favorite bad guy character. He's very complex. Um, 
holds himself presence on screen presence is just amazing. You always looking at him. Uh, the other thing that I really liked was Method Man. That was fantastic. Um, especially when he got on the radio and started uh, singing, you know, rapping. Because you know I'm white and I can say that. Uh, yes, great episode. Can't wait to finish out the season. Uh, I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Okay, soliloquy of chaos. Stanley's cameo happened in this. Uh, Misty did not lose her arm. Uh, Diamondback did become another Luke Cage, just not in the way that I was expecting him to. Um, the hoodies, the hoodies. That was a nice little element. I, that was that was good. Um, Method Man with bulletproof love. Uh, that was, uh, it was fun. It was good. Um, you know, bringing in the real radio people instead of the fake one from Jessica Jones. You know, that's, that's cool too. Uh, what else is going on here in soliloquy of chaos? Uh, I mean, truthfully, it's just, it was leading up. There's lots of people dying. You know, the action is not the same kind of action as your Daredevil action. Action in this is just these moments of violence that kind of just punctuates the the character stuff, and that's good storytelling. I mean, you can do lots of different things in lots of different ways, and the way they've chosen to do Luke Cage season one, I'm I like it. I like it a lot, and uh, I, I can't. I just can't help not thinking about. Superman about um, just how Luke Cage is uh, he's Superman and he crumples up the gun and he you know goes in when he doesn't have to to help people that he doesn't have to help but he wants to he feels like he should it's not that he feels like he has to he feels like he should and so he's going to because he should he knows it's something that must be done and uh, yeah I like it And that's my list of things I liked. Things I didn't like, I can't really think of anything right now. But, yeah, that's episode 12. Peace. Episode 13, Initial Reactions. Agent Daniel has finished Sweet Christmas, Luke Cage. I'm going to be honest, really wasn't 100% satisfied with the ending episode this time around. Um... These episodes have all been so, so good. And, you know, both Claire and Luke called out at time times. This felt a little corny. Sometimes I'll be blunt. This was really setting up Luke Cage season two, um, with all the bad guys still around and getting stronger and Luke going back to prison. I mean, Carl, you know, couldn't we just ended it with Foggy getting him out? We got the file. Bobby's got the file. I don't know. Some other things that I really needed to see that I didn't see. Missy needs to lose her arm. Sorry. We need robot arm. Uh, though that closing shot of Misty, that is a total Misty Knight outfit right there. Total. Total, total, total. Um, loved it. Uh, but I'm going to see her turn away her badge. Give up the badge.
I know she's on that path. Would have liked to have seen it happen. I love Claire. Claire connects everything. Everything's connected through Claire. She is going to meet Colleen Wig, Wing and uh, and get us into the Luke Cage story. Not the Luke Cage, the Danny Rand story. Here's my big problem. Pops' barbershop. It needs to become the offices for Heroes for Hire. I know it's not theater, but I really, really need to see that. I need to see Danny and Luke. Hang- and, and maybe what happens is, you know, we can't have season twos for everything, and we've got a Punisher. Maybe season two of Luke Cage is Heroes for Hire. Maybe and we somehow get through the hand or whatever evil spiritual things coming for the Defenders. And then we get to season two, Luke Cage, Heroes for Hire. That'd be awesome. In fact, uh, let's just call it Heroes for Hire. All right, I really did like Luke Cage. I thought it was a great show. Great vibe. Oh, excuse me. Ooh, what happened there? Great vibe. Uh, great scenes. Great acting. Great speech from Luke about Harlem. Um, I loved it. It was a great, great show. On to what I've been waiting for for years now, Iron Fist. Iron Fist on its way. One step closer to this great character, Luke Cage, having a great best friend, I hope. So, peace out later. Bye. She knows a lawyer, and so do we, and I hope my, well, I don't know what lawyer she knows, but I think I know what lawyer she knows. I mean, I think we know what lawyer she knows. Um, yeah. Would she recommend him as a lawyer? I don't know. I mean, she knows a lot about it. Anyway, she knows a lawyer. That's, that's all that's important there. This, this episode, it was kind of setting up all the next stuff that's coming and, you know, we've got Iron Fist coming and we've got Defenders coming and, uh, yeah, so I mean, it's as a, as a climax, as the, the finale to the Luke Cage series, honestly, you know, it was good. It was good. Uh, you know, Luke Cage itself as a series, the whole series, it was good. I liked Luke Cage as a series. The second half, um, you know, it wasn't as great, but it's still good. It's all good. Uh, you know, just like Netflix, you know, solid four is all around or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I just, I, I think this is the first, uh, superhero TV show that I've seen, uh, you know, rip off the ending of Rocky five. Uh, that is totally where my mind went with this, with this finale, with the street fight and, you know, the way that they're fighting. It, it just reminded me of Rocky five where, uh, it was Tommy Gunn couldn't, you know, couldn't take on Rocky because Rocky's a street fighter. You know, you don't take on a street fighter. And I, I probably remember too much about Rocky five and probably shouldn't remember as much about Rocky five as I do. And I'm not meaning to talk about Rocky five so much, but, um, I do remember a lot about, I mean, go for it, you know, to be, you're not to be, that's the question. I, I should probably stop right there. But anyway, uh, it reminded me of Rocky five with that finale and, uh, the finale, it works. It's a fight in the streets of Harlem for the heart of Harlem or whatever. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of a goofy, I'll just say it. I mean, uh, Diamondback looks a little goofy in his power suit thing. And, um, but then again, it works. It takes us to this place because we're supposed to go to this place. We have to go to an end somehow, but we also have to set up 
the things to follow and Misty Knight, things are going to follow. And, um, you know, she's, she's going to take karate lessons or whatever. No, that's Claire. Never mind. Anyway, um, yeah, it, it was good. A decent finale, not the greatest finale, but a decent finale. And, um, now we've got Iron Fist to look forward to. And yeah. And now I'm going to go watch Rocky Five, maybe. Okay, I'm not. I'm not going to watch Rocky I promise. Totally not going to do it. I promise. Uh, I, I am ready to watch Iron Fist. <laughs>